0: Yud Bet Tammuz, Tavshin Ayin coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
1: That's oh, a oh. oh, oh.
0: That is most liked, Yoya from the live performance in uh, Ramat Gan Park, officially the last performance of Poogie. Welcome in one and all, welcome to this week's edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten, you're on the Nacho Siegel Network, We're, uh, we are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time around the world, whatever time it is now. Where you are, that's the time that we are on. You got that, right? It's not so difficult to figure out. Today, we are going to share some um, memories of a great man... By the name of Doctor Charles Crowdhammer. he was great for many different reasons. He uh, was a person who conquered adversity in his life, like hardly anybody else that I, that that we know, and uh, rose to greatness in the world of uh, political journalism and writing and thought and philosophy. And he he just was everything. And his voice, and surely his pro-israel voice unrelenting uncompromising pro-israel voice on fox news in the washington post where his syndicated column appeared and in so many other places his that voice is uh is missing that voice um his his death is his relatively early death of cancer leaves a void we will play for you today clips audio clips from an interview that he gave and um, in those audio clips, we, we've picked specifically the ones about Israel, but also a little bit of the ones about his growing up as an Orthodox Jew, going to a day school in Montreal, obviously in an Orthodox family, with a father who very much wanted him to uh, to be a scholar in Gemara. I guess his father realized what an Eloi he was. Uh, he graduated high school at 16, you know, all those things, went to medical school and 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 had multiple degrees, and so forth and so on. So, a brilliant mind, and he did study a lot of Gemara, and he knew a lot, but uh, as he grew into his teenage years, he uh, fell away from that, kept a strong, what we would call Jewish identity, but um, left orthodoxy, and um, he speaks about that, he speaks about the way he sees Israel and why the world doesn't understand Israel, which I think is very important. So we'll share that with you. Um, other topics: situation in Iran post the Donald Trump abrogating of the of the uh, Obama Iran deal. What is going on in Iran? Does anybody know? Has anybody thought of asking? Is what Donald Trump did having some effect? a lot of people don't think about that Prince William is landing in Israel any minute I believe um, normally I wouldn't really give a hoot um, but uh, there is much controversy surrounding it the visit because he's going, we mentioned this last week in great detail he is going to visit the old city of Yerushalayim. as part of he ha, he's visiting three uh, three places he's visiting Jordan Israel And the Palestinian Authority. The Palestinian Authority visit is is labeled a visit to the occupied Palestinian territories, which is in itself a a slap in the face to the state of Israel. And he's going to visit Jerusalem as part of his visit to the occupied Palestinian uh, uh, territories. So um, I'm wondering why the Prime Minister of Israel is going to meet with him knowing all this. We'll try and share some of that as well. Some of the thoughts, some of the ideas, and if there's any news coming out, we'll share that with you live, as we are live right here on the Israel Show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making us a part of your week. This week is um, our regular format. Next week, it will be the day after Shiva Sabbatamos, actually, the day after Shmonas uh because Shabbat is Shiva Sabbatamos, and so we will start. We will begin next week our three-week format, but until then, we will continue with great um, Israeli music. Here is Yoni Genut with Kari off of the album Ot La Ot. My name is Meir Weingart, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: I don't know, Malchaya, In a third de de
0: Yoni Genot off of the album Oat That was Kari Bone. Great stuff. My name is Mayer Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Going to get to the uh, Crowdhammer tribute momentarily. I think that uh, being that no one else is mentioning it, we should mention it. The fires that are being set deliberately, obviously, by the Hamas in Gaza using kites and other helium-type balloons to ignite Israeli fields, agricultural fields, forests, nature reserves. They continue. They continue unabated. Thousands and thousands of acres of food, wheat, for example, that could go to feed people. Where are all the organizations that are worried about the food that gets destroyed? And that we have to feed the poor people with all the food? Not a, not a peep. Thousands and thousands of acres of forests. Wildlife. Where are the preserve the forest, preserve the wildlife? Where are all the tree huggers? Why aren't they standing there as human guards to make sure that the trees aren't burnt down. I guess because they're Jewish trees. And animals are being burnt as well. It's something I realized last week and they showed pictures of the animals, small animals that can't run away fast enough and are burnt up by the, consumed by the fire. Well, the animal rights people, where are you? Well, the networks, where are you? No one is around. All's quiet on Gaza's eastern front until a shot will be fired by an Israeli. Then everyone will wake up, let me tell you. Trust me, then everybody will wake up. Okay, as we mentioned, Charles Krauthammer passed away last week after a year's battle with cancer. Um. If you follow news at all, then you've you've seen this. I don't know how it was covered in Israel, but a a very, very good friend of the state of Israel and the people of Israel. Um, Interview that he gave about two years before his cancer began, so we're talking about March of 2015. It's a conversation that he had with Bill Kristol, another Jew, not as affiliated. (laughs) Um, We will post a link. To the entire interview, it's a long interview. We'll post a link to the entire interview on our Facebook page. And we'll uh, also tell you where the Israel slash Judaism and Israel part starts. So if you want to go directly to there, if you want to hear the rest of it, you can hear all of it. We're playing you uh, what we believe are highlights. And um, you're more than welcome to uh, go uh, listen to the whole uh, conversation. And as I say, we'll post it on Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. So, as many may or may not know, Charles Krauthammer grew up in an Orthodox Jewish home in Montreal, Canada. And the summer times, they used to come into uh, Long Island, where they had a place for for the summer, a summer home. But most of his days he was in Montreal, he went to a day school, I don't know what the name of the day school is, but he discusses it in detail, where he um, where he really knew his stuff. I mean, he's, you'll hear in his uh, describing what his day was like and what his Gemara study was like and so forth. So here's the first clip he tells you about his life in uh, in the Jewish day school, what it's like growing up.
3: I'd had a very intensive uh, in Hebrew education. I went to a school where you studied secular studies half the day, and the rest of the day was uh, Jewish studies, and it was done in Hebrew. So I had pretty good Hebrew. Mm. By the time I graduated high school at 16, I could write. We were asked to write a philosophy essays in Hebrew. I could do it pretty well. But it was more than that. My father wanted me to learn Talmud especially. So Talmud, which is, um, well, you know what it is. It's... Uh, commentaries on the commentaries on the bible right. uh very complicated written in aramaic there's no punctuation lots of commentary on each page uh, but it's sort of the essence of jewish scholarship so i had it at school and then he said i wasn't enough so i was in the extra Talmud class three days a week everybody else is playing baseball outside i'm studying Talmud. <laughs> yeah
0: doesn't that sound familiar to some of us grew up in a certain era Everybody else is playing baseball outside, and you're studying Talmud, and it shows it just shows you how um, how devoted his father was to uh, having him be a Talmud Chacham, realizing what uh, what an amazing intellect he was, and trying to uh, get him to learn as much as he could at that age. And uh, now, in hindsight, uh, he comments. Uh, as follows
3: and i 'm very glad, like I am about medicine in some ways i didn 't choose to do it, and i wasn 't very happy doing it, but nonetheless i 'm glad I did it because I know something, and I still remember it and and it is quite wonderful, intense uh, and rich material tradition
0: and it seems that he does remember at least part of what he studied in Talmud again, a brilliant mind. He um, he absorbed a lot of of what he studied, and there are two th- two points that he makes about things in the Gemara, which I found fascinating. At how these two um, non-religious Jews—one brought up as uh, in an Orthodox home, one not brought up in an Orthodox home, but very Jewishly affiliated—how um, they and 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 right wing both are. Um, a conservative, how they look at the the essence, and if you will, of of the of the Gemara, that the the most fundamental book of of our religion keeps and preserves. Conflicting interpretations. That's what Bill Crystal says. Meaning, we know that in the Gemara, unlike in the Rambam and Shulchan Aruch and so forth, where we have piskei halacha, this is the halacha, this is what you do. The Gemara preserves all the sides of the argument, and both of them see that as an amazing uh, attribute of 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 the Jewish religion, where where we don't just say this is it and do away with all other opinion. There's a certain openness that says, let's hear the other opinions, and ultimately the decision is going to be made as to how we're going to uh, to rule. And then Charles Kratthammer brings one of the most famous marot when it comes to this uh, subject. We know it as the Sugya of Tanuroshel Achnai. And um, you probably have heard it. Uh, I doubt that you've heard it this way (laughs) Charles Krauthammer explaining the Tanur Shalachnai.
3: there's a, a point where the rabbis are arguing and all are arguing on one point of law and there's only one holdout on the other side and the holdout says if I am right let the walls of the academy shake the walls of the academy shake and then the holdout says if I and they say no we don't care so if the law is right, let lightning come. There's lightning in the sky. The whole. At the end, the rabbi said, we don't care. When God gave us the Torah, he said, uh, he's giving it to you as you live. And he gave it, he, he let it out of his hands into our hands. It's now in our hands and we will decide. And he's got no say in this, essentially. Though. But it shows a tremendous respect for disagreement uh, for uh, either majorita- majoritarian Decision making, which is largely how they did it.
0: The point being that there's a majority rule, so no matter what, um, who was on the other side, and even if God Himself, and that's the point of the story of Tanarosh Shalach at the end, which he doesn't mention, the bat call comes out, the the voice from heaven comes out, and and says, I believe it's Rabbi Lezer is correct, and the baysden and this the says we don't care. Because Lobashamayim he because the Torah is given to man now, and man by the the vote of the Sanhedrin, man decides what the Halacha is, and uh, it's 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 always been a fascinating Gemara to me. But he's using it to show you that there is in the jewish tradition a respect for disagreement and we know that we know that there's a fundamental appreciation of argument of the back and forth of the shaklavatarya even if even if at the end of the day the decision making is made uh, by the majority and uh, he brings another interesting anecdote and it is it's really an anecdote it's um about how when there are certain situations in the Gemara that are left undecided. So um, you'll hear him explain that, and then we'll comment on it.
3: Then they have a wonderful phrase where they have an argument and they can't decide. And there's a locution in the Talmud. It's four letters. It's an acronym uh, uh, called, not an acronym, it's an acronym. acronym... For teku. And the interpretation of the four letters is uh, uh, Tishpi, which is Elijah, the harbinger of the Messiah, will decide issues and questions. <laughs> that's great. In other words, we're not going to settle this in human time. We're going to live with the ambiguity.
0: And that's... Um... That was fascinating to him and to and and to Crystal, and I think it's fascinating to every to to all uh, believing Jews. That well, he got the acronym wrong a little bit, I know, but the fact that he even remembered the Hebrew words, even if he mixed them up, is pretty amazing. Um, the idea that we can live with an ambiguity, which we often do, and continue in our practice. Is I think it's a essential part of uh, of who we are and what we do, and um, at the end of the day, they are things that are just unanswered, and and we move on. We go on to the next sugya. Um And while "takeo" is a cute thing that they teach you in high school, the truth is that in Aramaic, it means it should it will stand, meaning. The question stands it's unresolved it's but the acronym is cute and uh and so people remember it as we see in their lives um, and now enough about his um upbringing and his Talmudic uh study, now we get to uh to some of the things that he said about Israel. And understanding the history and why it is that a lot of the world don't get us, don't understand what we're all uh, what we're all about. So here are um, here is um, again Bill Kristol interviewing uh, Charles Krauthammer. Israel. I mean, when did that become central to your interests? I mean, what do you remember, remember? the beginning of my consciousness?
3: It was one of the great stories, I mean.
0: What kind of miraculous after the Holocaust? Miraculous after the Holocaust.
3: And the reason I think that people misunderstand Israel and see it now in colonial imperialist terms is because it's a unique event in human history. The British colonization of the America, of North America, uh, New Zealand, Australia, the Dutch and South Africa, they came to places that they had never been to. That's colonialism, you put your people in there, you take over, you marginalize the natives if you can, you may not succeed in South Africa. That's colonialism, so they see the Jews arriving in uh, Pal- which what's called Palestine, and that's the parent only one they understand they they can't put their heads around the fact that this is a people returning to their home that they never gave up title to, they never gave up their longing for. It was repeated in their rituals three times a day. It wasn't like once a year, let's remember the homeland. Right. This is sort of part of <coughs> the waiting for redemption, unable to redeem themselves, continual habitation uninterrupted in the 2,000 years of exile. And what happened was other people moved into parts of the house while they were away. So the obvious solution is you divide it, and that's sort of what Zionism has returned to and it was prepared to do. The partition plans that the British had in the 1930s were accepted by the Jews, rejected by the Arabs. The partition plan and the founding of Israel by the U.N. 1948, the Jews accepted it. The Arabs rejected it. They launched a war to exterminate the Jews. They failed. Uh, This is just the force of arms that allowed Israel to survive. But that's the story. But because nobody can believe, I mean, every other people exiled in ancient times disappears. We can't even read the Etruscan language. And Carthage was reduced. um, Stone was sold. You don't hear any Carthaginians arising saying, you know, I'm a Carthaginian. I want to do this and that. I remember a Palestinian leader saying that he was a Jesuit. These are the people who preceded the Jews, which is a farce. (coughs) There are none. The story is in history. When you get exiled, you disappear, you get absorbed. That's the story throughout all of human history.
0: I love how he says... (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we that we can't even read the Etruscan language, and I'm saying to myself i, don't, I never even heard of the Etruscan language. we can about read it that was uh he was an intellectual and he knew a lot about a lot. We're going to continue uh but first we'll take a break for some great music, and then we'll continue with um some more um clips, sound bites of uh Charles Krauthammer's the chronli Raha. Hanan Ben Arib Saro vote. We debuted it last week. Big hit. A lot of people loved it. We'll play it again. Here we go. Hanan Ben Arib Saro vote. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Segal Network. <stutters>
4: not for me, not for Proven eševa zokken ni mal sfsal bagina A a ji ulateva lajó mu la teva Fani en chota manggina.
0: new release. Bissarot Tovot. Great news, I guess you would say, right? Great news. Oh my gosh. My name is Mayor Wanda and you're tuned. Today's your show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and making a part of your day. We're here live right now, but you can listen to us whenever you want and you can tell your friends. That's the most important thing. Because you're listening already and hopefully you're enjoying it and you enjoy it on a regular basis. But you know that there are many people out there. There they you know, I, I don't even think I could count them. That's how many there are. That don't listen to the show. <laughs> how many do you think there are? Well, we won't get into that. Who don't listen to the show. And many of them, if they'd know about the show if, you would, if, if a friend of theirs would do their, them a, a favor and alert them to the existence of the Israel show on the Nachman Siegel Network, they would really love to listen to it. So go ahead and do a favor for a friend. You know, we're coming up on the three weeks. We want to be nice to each other. Havar chinam. Do your friends a favor and tell them about the Israel show. Show them how to download the app. The free app, I will say. The free app. Show them how to download the free app. From the iTunes store, from the uh, Play Store, for Google, for Android. You can show them how to go to the archives, to choose the Israel show, and then pick any one of the many shows that we've presented over the last, I don't know, five and a half years or so, but who's counting? (laughs) And... Say, you know, you're such a good friend. I I want you to benefit from this as well. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Go ahead and like that page because you will be able to enjoy the weekly list of songs that are played on The Israel Show. We have links to ev- almost every song because some songs don't have links. But if a song has a link on YouTube, we have the link for it. On our playlist, we have a link to listen to the show itself and links to other things that might be of interest that we spoke about. for example, we will have a link on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Israel show to this interview with Charles Krauthammer, which we now continue now he makes a great point Charles Krauthammer does is he was talking about the miracle the miracle of the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel a point that we have made many many times that part of that miracle is the Hebrew language. Here we go, Charles Krauthammer.
3: And I think a greater miracle than the creation of Israel, which is a state succeeding a previous state 2,000 years later, which has never happened, is the revival of the Hebrew language. Yeah, it's amazing. There's never been a revival of a dead language. I hate to use the word, but that's the colloquial. Latin and Greek, nobody's ancient Greek, nobody speaks it. And the idea that you could recreate the... I mean, Barbara Tuckman, the historian... Guns of August historian, said Israel, the Jews are the only people in Israel who live in the same land, worship the same God, and speak the same language as they did 3,000 years ago. Nobody else can say that. Uh, And that, even you know, Chinese or Japanese can't. This is the most amazing
0: phenomenon. I think that's the money, what do they call it, the money quote, the money time (laughs) quote or whatever? Which, which is actually not his. He's quoting Barbara Tuchman. The Jews are the only people in Israel. In, in the, the Jews are the only people, the ones living in Israel, who live in the same land, worship the same God, and speak the same language as they did three thousand years ago. Nobody, nobody else can say that. It's the most amazing phenomenon. That's correct. That's the way he describes it. Bravo. And uh, and so he continues in explaining. If you understand that, then uh, then your criticism might might be a little different.
3: And that's why when people want to, you know, excoriate it for its depredations, they have to go to the fundamental point. It's a return, and that's what the Jews have been longing for, and they were able to, in a miracle, to to pull it off against tremendous odds.
0: I I, I find myself oftentimes speaking to friends. Who say, you know, if we would see miracles, maybe we, maybe we would have a different way of understanding the state of Israel. We would understand that it's it's a gift from God. But but you know, like when we left Egypt, we had miracles, and and now we don't see miracles. Well, people like Charles Krauthammer are astute enough to understand that it's a miracle. <laughs> the whole thing is a miracle every day of its existence. It's a miracle. Ah, yoy. And uh, in this uh, last piece, in this last quote, I want to share with you, I think he's responding to something that President Obama said in the infamous speech that he gave in Cairo. You may remember that at the beginning of his first term, President Obama thought that he was going to wow the Muslim world by coming to their territory and speaking to them about how much he loves them, how much he grew up in in uh islamic countries and um how he remembers with great fondness the cry of the muezzin calling to prayer blah blah and uh, and that would change everything ha 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 anyway in that speech He says that um, Israel has to recognize the Palestinians and so forth, but he says that the Arab world has to recognize the state of Israel, and he totally tied the state of Israel in to being something that the Jews needed after the Holocaust, which was one of the most, I think, fundamental misunderstandings that one could have. Of Zionism. And here the President of the United States in front of the Arab world and the rest of the world is promoting this misconception. Because we all know that Zionism began way before the Holocaust. And we also know that religious Zionism began before Zionism, before Herzl, whether it was your Svihersh Kalisher. Or our Rav kalai the Netziv of the Chevron Yeshiva that made Aliyah, the Yeshiva made Aliyah Chevron. That's why it's called the Chevron Yeshiva until they were chased out by the Arabs during the uh, during the massacre. So, so tying Zionism to the Holocaust is just is just ridiculous, and. Um, Hammer discusses it here in this uh, last clip that we're going to play.
3: It's not driven by Holocaust. It was just My father was a Zionist before the Second World War. So oh, that's interesting. When the Second World War broke out, September 1, 1939, my father was attending a Zionist convention in Geneva. So people say it's a compensation for the Holocaust. They yeah. know nothing. Right. It began in the 1850s. It was always there, but as a political movement, a revival yeah, of Hebrew, a revival of nationalism. And then going back to the land, it's at least 100 years before. So it was always in my family. My father was a religious Zionist. It was always part of our lives, and it was always considered a wonder and a blessing to be living in a time, you know, because there were 100 generations in between right. where there was a Jewish
0: state. What a beautiful uh, way to sum it up. And I think... You know, if you if you heard carefully what he said, some people say it's a compensation for the Holocaust. They know nothing. I think that was a um, expression of exasperation toward President Obama, and be, as being the main thrust of uh, of of um, saying that in public and making that a uh, canard that uh, too many people believe. We, uh, we'll miss him. That's all I can say. He he was a very special person and, um, and we'll miss him. I missed him when he stopped uh, showing up on uh, the panels on Fox News. Uh, uh, day after day after day, you sort of start realizing something's wrong and you wonder what's happening to him and then they announce he's sick and his voice is a voice that le his 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 uh, departure leaves uh, a vacuum. I don't think there's anyone at this point at least in time who can fill that voice um of sanity, especially regarding Israel and the rest of the world. Tehnafshotsu um Going to uh, Hatavli Name, Anivis Simono Moisakatana, remake of the famous Yossi Banai song about growing up in Yerushalayim back in the day. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to today's Israel show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
1: Levadi ani hozer le simta hot yalduti el neu hachene el mu im ha shanim la <laughs> haverim shelia em ani hozer el azvaim ve hakolot el haenaim atmimot ve hakdolot ani hozer el ashuna el ez hatut el afifona dom adom kashulechut. The people who are the
0: All the things that are described in that song are actually true. The places that he speaks about, the people that he speaks about, they've obviously been written about. The song was a big hit in Israel. Um, Yossi Banai is the one who um, sang it, wrote it, sang it, and uh, about growing up in Yerushalayim back in the, probably in the 40s and the 30s and the 40s. Um, and, uh so, uh, Simon, Moise Akatan, all the these are real people. <laughs> and uh, all the different places that they used to go, and uh, games that they used to play as kids, and so forth and so on. My name is Mayor Wagan, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Segal Network. So, um, we like to end with good news. And uh, sometimes good news is good news about Israel, and sometimes good news is bad news about Israel's enemies. And uh, a story that I, that I saw... Um, in Mariv, and it's uh, it's really a, re- a recap of um, a report by Tzviya Cheskeli, who is a brilliant reporter on Arab affairs. He understands the Arab world like you can't imagine, to the point, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about, that he was able to dress up, and spend, I believe it was a week, in Europe in in the densely Muslim populated areas in certain cities in Europe, what they call the no-go zones and so forth. And he was able to come, you know, to present himself as a as a, a Muslim, and he got away with it. So it gives you an idea of how, how well-versed he is in everything. That series, by the way, it is a, is an amazing thing. We never spoke about it, but the, he did two, actually, of them. And they're both amazing because they disclose, they un- uncover what is really going up in the Islamic world, especially in Europe. Anyway, Tzviya Cheskel, you report something that you won't hear in America. Maybe you'll hear it on Fox News. Is anybody following the economic situation in Iran after the United States... Uh, left the quote-unquote Iran deal after President Trump took that bold move and walked away from the what he called the the worst deal ever, but what we know is was a terrible deal. So has anybody checked on that? Well, the American press might be checking on it, but they won't tell you about it because it's it's good news, good news for us. The Iranian economy is undergoing, is experiencing, an earthquake. Large corporations are leaving. Factories are closing. And a wave of protests across Iran, from all different groups and all different sectors, are beginning to uh, to, to uh, sprout. The uh, rial, which is the coin, the uh, the currency of Iran is at the lowest it has ever been since the um, takeover of Khomeini, the uh, the Islamic uh, Republic, the lowest ever because when America said under the Obama Kerry craziness, that America is supporting Iran and Kerry and others went around the world telling people go invest, telling countries trying to convince them to go invest in Iran. Money came, companies came, corporations came, factories came, jobs. But when Trump said, Out, we are out, and not only that, we, America, will not do business with any company that's doing business with Iran, they're not stupid. And they're gonna choose America over Iran in a second, and so um, yeah, that's a success that we don't realize yet, but thankfully, we have people that are keep their eye on the on the prize, and um that report in my read from Svi Kelly is um is a summary of the report he gave on Arutz Eser, where he is the correspondent for Arab affairs. Um, that's good news. That is really good news. I'm so happy to hear. It. We're gonna end off with Migavoa. We have Migavoa. We haven't um, played that in a long time. It's the um, it's the Hebrew version of the American song from a distance. Uh, before we do that, we're going to thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nahum Siegel Network. Thanks to Avrami this morning who helped out in a pinch. And my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollack with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik now with Jake Novick and he too will speak about Charles Krauthammer. The only difference is he has personal experiences that he shared with Krauthammer. So that should be fascinating. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingart reminding you that Ice Guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. (laughs)
5: Me go in olam yarok vera sei haris horin me go vorra ro in nah amor beti sachena shari me go